I'm telling you, I've owned all the right players at all the wrong times. I think if I'd left my week one lineup alone be and just quit, I'd be better off than I am right now. Anyway, Brian, back to you. You get your holes. Tell us about your holes. Your lineup holes. Tell us about your holes, Brian. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Ryan Chesco. This is take two. I think we'll do it better this time around. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was bad Bam. enough. It was Let's bad enough. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. We've got a ton of stuff to cover. No intro needed here this week. We're going to cover game week 22. It was only we can. We've got a number of things to cover about all the top six clubs. Uh, this is turning into... It always has been, but it really is turning into a top six league since the festive fixtures. Game week 22 was not that much different. A couple of surprise results, but most of what we're going to talk about comes from the top six. But fans of the other 14 clubs, fear not. We're going to get to your club, too, because we pretty much are going to cover the table from top to bottom. Dave's going to give us an Arsenal moment along the way. I have a points per pound update that will shock and awe you. Love that. And at the very end, we'll look ahead to game week 23 and see what it might bring for us. Let's do this thing. All right. And everyone will get to enjoy Scott talking at them like he has a a, a, a sink. What is that thing called? A sink stopper? A garbage disposal. No, a garbage a disposal, an in-sink garbage disposal in his, as his vocal cord. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There are still fans of our pod who've never heard my normal voice. So bizarre. I have a great radio voice, too. You do. You do Thank have you. a good voice. I appreciate that. You do have a good voice. Let's All get right. on to the... Things. On to the things. <laughs> well, Dave, the first thing on the agenda today yeah. is called another typical Liverpool performance. Yep. As the resident Liverpool fan, I'm the one who wrote that. And yeah. I wonder what you mean by that. I mean that you got a little offense, you got a clean sheet at the back, you got a win on the road, Liverpool's still four points clear at top of the table. If you mean offense by another penalty, you're right. You did get that. Are you going to dispute this one? I would I would put extra emphasis on little. Little what? Offense. Well, just that it was just one. Brighton has the best home record outside the top six in the league. That was something we didn't mention last week we, in our podcast. Well, we didn't mention that stat specifically, but we did at least say... Brighton at some point said, like, they're We did top. at least say, Brighton at home... It's true. It's, it's not tougher. Easy. It's not the easiest. It, it, so at least, so I, I like. I think that this <laughs> result is not as uh, any more surprising than, like I said, four-one yeah. would true. have been. Not I had surprising. thought I would have put money on Liverpool putting in a little bit more, uh, it, it putting in maybe another goal or two. But uh, at the end of the day, this shouldn't surprise anyone either. What is encouraging is that Brighton tried to pack things up. I tried to park the bus. Uh, they came out a little bit. They had some say, options at the end. It was not as parking as you, yeah, first as you and your high school girlfriend. That that it it wasn't as parking as that. The first half was pretty rough. First <laughs> half was pretty rough. Uh, yes, but uh, they, you know Brighton did come out after that goal uh, early in the second half and at least tried to get that draw and that made it a little bit more entertaining. Uh, but otherwise, you got some points from Salah. Eleven points, twenty-two for those who captained him. As many I'm sure mm-hmm. did. And lots of defensive points once again 
Allison, Robertson, Virgil. I mean, who do you want? Trent Alexander Arnold. I, I want um no. I would rather have Liverpool defense, I think, than offense. Even Mo Salah. Of course, I'm not even gonna ask you. Of course so you don't I think Salah. the this is so this was one more week. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but this is one more week of Andy Robertson with no attacking returns, but finishing with a lot of bonus points. Yep. This is one of the few times when I looked at it and I said, but why? Because his his defensive involvement was not better than anyone else's. So he let he tied for the lead in tackles, but he only had an interception. He had one clearance. He had one key pass, and he was outpassed overall. Like he had he eighty four percent passing accuracy on seventy seven passes. That's a lot of passes. That's great. But Virgil was ninety percent on a hundred and thirty one passes. I, to me, this is one of the weirdest uh, one of the weirdest returns for Andy Robertson this season, considering I didn't think he was as attacking involved sure. in terms of crosses and other things. Virgil still got a bonus point, right? But this is but this but is one. again. But that's why I think yeah. it's just weird that mm. Andy Robertson has been so much better in that category. And then even in this one, in a match where I feel like he wasn't all that involved. Well, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot else that went on, right? We we had True. the goal. No, that's for sure. And then a few minor opportunities, and that was about that was your match. Yeah. The good news for Liverpool fans is that the club still hasn't probably performed at their best, but they're grinding out the results that you have to grind out when you're in a title run. Scott, don't you feel like at this point in the season, we should have seen their best at some point? No. Come on. No, it's not time yet. The festive fixtures, you, you, you had an, an action-packed holiday period. Now you're what, coming what out of that. What is their best? I just get tired of hearing, we haven't seen their best. Well, come on. We've played we're, – we're, we're getting close to three-quarters of the way through the season. And we're not that close yet, but we're getting closer than you might think. Three-fifths. And so it's just like, well, okay. It can't end fast enough with Liverpool at the top of the table for me. I'll I get you. it. Totally yeah. get it. And you guys are on your way. I'm just saying, maybe this is maybe this is it, right? Like, which isn't bad. I'm just saying, much, I don't know how much better they can possibly be. Thank you. Considering I, that there's just one loss, and defensively, and a, and a, you're right, and that's yeah. the difference. We've said that these these results, like this one against Brighton, doesn't happen last season. It no, I know. I agree. That's be well. Yeah, starting starting last January, it started. But once last season. You're going to see, and I, I looked a little bit at the schedule, I think if they're still first place, or wherever they are, early March, you're going to start to see them pour on the press. And that's going to be when you're going to see the three and so. four goal match. I don't think four. so at all. But okay, we'll see. Because they're still going to be comp- competing on other fronts. So, at least Champions League. Let's speak a little bit to Chelsea's win over Newcastle a little bit. Chelsea, of course, getting the win uh, at home. I bring up the Chelsea match because, Brian, you wanted to speak a little bit to Salah and Hazard and some things that they have in common in relation to their positioning and how it's having an impact on their fantasy well, scores. Dave is so angry about most about Salah playing as a striker. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm not angry. It just initially to my eye. If anything, I hate it when my brother is right and I'm not. Oh, uh, and so um, brother Matt, you heard that? <laughs> yeah, he knows it. <laughs> so I, my, and we and I, this spurred out of a conversation. It felt like to me Hazard, both Hazard and Salah are playing through the middle as opposed to and playing as sort of the, the top middle striker. And I'm not sure either one do their best in those positions. And so my thought process was, well, okay, 
what actually are their stats? Because it feels like to me they perform better, both of them, on the wing as a, where, where, where there's more space, there's more space to run into, and more uh, ability to take on defenders and get shots off and or get passes. And so it just felt like, those positions suited them better than as opposed to playing through the middle. Well, but I think I Brian's say, about to give me some knowledge that I don't want to hear. Maybe so. Before he does that, I will say publicly we have heard, I don't know if it's been directly from Hazard, but about Hazard, that he doesn't like that position that he's playing okay. right now. Sure. We've heard nothing from Salah in the Liverpool camp about where Salah's playing and how he feels about it. Well, I can tell you that based on the numbers, that... Mo Salah through so the the thing that caught my eye first, right? And everybody will talk about this because this has been a point of conversation on this podcast and for a lot of other people. Sure. The Mo Salah bonus point anomaly. A guy who is so involved in attacking everything but like and yet never gets rarely bonus gets bonus points. Yeah. Weeks one through fifteen this season, Mo Salah had accumulated two total bonus points okay that's not weeks, good weeks 16 to 22 to 22 so weeks from week 16 until until uh six match until weeks. brighton six match seven weeks. yeah basically since early december okay 10 bonus points wow and that includes multiple now twice in that span where he collected all three so uh. you're not i think you can guess which weeks I he know. played more false nine <laughs> so that so there's that um Playing on what would be on the, the right, way, on the right wing. Just want to throw this in there. Do you have to be over six foot to be a true nine? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like we're we're cheating all the smalls, to stealing the smalls from Men and Blazers, uh, calling Sergio it a false Aguero, nine. Sergio, if you're not a, if you're not a Sergio Fernando Lorente, you're you're not a you're not a true nine. I don't want any. If you're not a Harry Kane, you're not a true nine. You're a false nine. Where on this, world, this world only needs one Fernando Llorente. <laughs> Sergio Aguero's a true nine, but yeah, he's a small. He's a small. Yeah. Why are the other smalls false nines? Listen, there's an easy answer to that, Dave. It has yeah. nothing to do with their size. All right. In this case, size doesn't matter. Fair enough. On the right wing, playing playing off the right side. Right. Mo Salah in those matches, in all of those matches, scored four goals and had two assists. Right. He accumulated fifty-two fantasy points. In that time frame, yeah. in those where he was playing on the wing, mm-hmm. yeah, thirty-nine shots in that time frame. Okay, fifteen of them on target. Playing so as a one striker, per game ish. Since he moved to striker to the yeah. to the to the up the middle, exactly up the Firmino middle. Firmino behind him. Did you say Firmino? Firmino. Oh, Firmino. Him. Okay. Firmino behind him. I might have jumbled the words together. Ten goals. Six assists, 110 fantasy points, 33 shots, 21 of them on target. I hate it when my brother's so, right. So uh, it, there, there's a, a lot of matches there, seven, seven matches. You thought it was a new thing off, off well, mic. You thought this was something new, but Brian's the last us, like four weeks is what I thought. Brian's telling us it goes a little bit further back. I mean, that. if you so and it's almost like there's someone who's who's making tactical decisions that's making Liverpool and Mo Salah better. The thing that the thing that they could I wonder who that could be, Dave. The thing that could make it better, and I think you're probably seeing this in terms of the 
the way from Roberto Firmino has picked it up a little bit. Right. If he's comfortable behind Salah now, I mean, that is one way that they sure. could that they could still see more. But maybe that's I mean, also a way they could free Shakiri. I mean, look, they Salah switched to, to he switched to the to the striker position against Cardiff. That was the first match where he was where he had shifted to that specific position. Right. Remember what he did against Cardiff? A goal and two assists in that match? Probably probably flopped. <laughs> yeah, whatever. They switched him back to the wing against Arsenal. Yeah. Two and, fantasy points that match. Right. He yeah. did then, flop that game. So then I imagine that they had seen enough. I'm I'm guessing that Klopp said, "Hey, let's let's go back and try it again." The thing is, it's not until really until like I said week 16 when he exploded against Bournemouth and now in the last 6 weeks, 7 weeks where he's destroyed the league. And so this is you know, he's looking at it, I mean, you see all the double digit returns That's since right. Bournemouth. The you league any, means anyone outside the top 6. Hey, he's in golden boot contention once well, again. That is true. And that's the other part of this that is weird, I guess. This is the flattest track bully <laughs> that there is. I mean, he is destroying everyone that's not. He crushes of, yes. Duffy and Dunk and Steve Cook. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But. I can't argue that. Yeah. I mean, but like you say, Dave. He's excellent. You know, you, you know what I can say. Back There's a lot of flat tracks ahead of him now. No. Points are points. Points are freaking points. Goals are goals. And penalty goal or not. And he Soft or not. Flop, feathery, touch or not. They're going in. They're going in the back of the net. The thing is, his position-wise... you're missing wise, out on it, Dave. Heat map-wise, touch, yes. touch map-wise, yes. he's still basically center-right. Right. You know, he's still is, is operating you know, operating a little bit more on to the, the right, right side, yeah. but has the freedom to. Yeah. It gives him the angle he needs for that left booted shot. Can do whatever he wants, though, oh, in front of that. So he does... There are matches where... It's predominantly right, right to middle. It's pre- there are other matches where it's a little bit more uh, even in the box. Yeah. So hazard's yep. different, and so the the hazard returns are are uh, they're very good. But I think that I think look, I am again as a, as an amateur here and just somebody looking at this just the number right results. I think it's pretty obvious that Hazard's been most effective in the six matches that he started on the left wing with Giroud in the middle. Yeah. Um, and he's publicly said he loves playing with Giroud. Right. And so, Giroud's been out now. Only he came back a no, little bit. he came know, back this past week off, did, off the bench. If you, I mean, you can't really count weeks one and two because those were substitute appearances. You know, he came on. Late, right. late in the match, you know, before he was still up, got assists in both matches, assists in both, and uh, against Crystal Palace, I think in November, um, yeah, the beginning of November, he also had a substitute appearance on after he had his back injury, so he substituted on for Murata in that in that match too, also picking up an assist in the minutes he came on, but in the seven full matches that he played with Alvaro Murata, he's averaging four and a half fantasy points per match in those matches with as a false nine in the five matches he's played as a false nine he's averaging 8.8 fantasy points per match with Giroud playing on the left with Giroud 9.3 points per match huh wow that's good stuff yeah that's good 
five goals and two assists with Giroud, three goals and four assists playing as a false nine. And so, you know, this is, it's not bad. And it's a, it's just a, it's just a little bit off, but I think every, I think even in the match on Sunday, Arlo, I believe commented on that, that it was a, he's better attacking someone, taking someone on running at somebody from the other side. He is not, he's not as competent, not competent. He's not as good playing the ball, like holding up in the middle somewhere oh, for or sure, making, no. making plays for somebody else in that place. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't imagine that this experiment keeps going, even though sorry, keeps talking about what a job he's doing there. He's obviously, sure. he obviously is still good. So what's, what's the conclusion then, Brian, do we want, if we own either of these guys, do we want them to keep playing in the position they're playing right now? Man, it's really. I don't know how you could want Mo Salah playing anywhere but where he's playing right now. Um, especially if it's, especially if it gets Firmino into, you know, into scoring better scoring positions. If it gets Firmino into better distribution positions, um, the guy that suffers, I feel like, is inevitably going to be Mane. But Mane's underlying stats have not been bad. As of as of two weeks ago, he had taken. I think Salah had taken nine shots, and Mane had taken eight, like eight shots in the box or something like that. Like they were really close in terms of what they were actually doing in 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 shots and that side of production. But the points obviously way favor Salah. Yeah, but absolutely. like Dave said, three of the last four weeks, his goals were penalty goals. It's true. So points are points. All right, you'll take it. All right, before we get to uh, other storylines among the top six clubs, we're going to listen to a word from this week's sponsor. Yes. Hello. I'm David De Gea. Hey, David. Goalkeeper Man. for Manchester United. You should be resting. And I'm proud to represent White Peak Alpaca Farm. <laughs> As their name indicates, White Peak Alpaca Farm breeds alpacas along with other animals, including a white goat, ponies, and wallabies. They would be delighted to have you visit the farm and experience the amazing qualities of alpacas up close. Admission is five pounds each. Spend a day in the Cheshire countryside visiting the White Peak Alpaca Farm of Malverley, just a little bit south of Manchester, anytime Saturday to Monday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., or by appointment at other times during the week. To see pictures of White Peak Alpaca Farm, visit their website, whitepeakalpacafarm.co.uk. Now that yeah. is a trip worth making right there. No doubt. You did that on purpose. I don't know what you, you mean. Could, you could see his relatives in the flesh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, see, Dave took it too far. What do you mean? You're supposed to leave some things unsaid. Come on. Though. All right, let's talk about Harry Kane. At the end of the match between Tottenham and Manchester United, literally at the death, it appeared that Harry Kane could have suffered an injury. Yes. Brian, do you have the latest on Harry Kane's? Then we're recording this on Monday night, right after Manchester United defeated Wolves. Uh, but do you Manchester have Manchester City? That's what I meant. Man- the blue side of Manchester. That's my, right. my mistake. Defeated Wolves. Get it right or pay the price, man. Three nil. Yeah, forgive me, United fans. Forgive me, City fans. Uh, so obviously, by the time people hear this, it might have changed. We'll sh- we we will have more information by the time you hear this. But as it stands right now, should Harry Kane owners be panicking? They should be selling. Really. Uh, the Guardian finally gave the 
a tiny bit of clarity that there's no official clarity <laughs> yet. They're reporting that Spurs still need to wait for the swelling to reduce on Harry Kane's ankle before they can get a proper scan. Now, Brian, is this the troublesome angle of the past? This is the this is the Harry Kane annual uh, <laughs> ankle ligament palooza. Uh, yes, Ugh. always gets hurt on a Sunday. This was not a this was a not a non contact injury, as uh, Mauricio Pochettino let everybody know. This was a as he said. Did not believe it was Luke Shaw's intent to destroy the I thought it was Jones. I thought it was Jones. Or Phil Jones. Was it Phil Jones? Yeah, I'm almost positive it's Jones. I don't want to assign some sort of ankle-destroying injury to somebody that's not Phil Jones. If if it is Phil Jones. Correct. Uh, So let's go back and say that it was Phil Jones who destroyed Harry Kane's ankle. But as Mauricio Pochettino said, he did not believe it was Phil Jones' intent to do that. Of course, because intent always matters. Um, as of right this moment, the fear, as is being reported, is that Harry Kane will miss a month of time. Ooh. That there could be ligament damage, which will take some time for recovery. Real fear that he will not be ready in time for Spurs v. Dortmund in the first leg of the Champions League round of 16. That's in the February 13th, I think. I think that is like one exact month almost from now. So, not good. And as everyone rightly would be able to point out with Sun leaving, um, this leaves... It's already a, an irreplaceable uh, figure to you know to, sure. to find somebody to do what For he Spurs does. in real life, that's absolutely true. Yep. But now I want to turn to Dave and say, Dave, do Kane owners go straight to Aubameyang? Or is there reason for concern about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? Man, that's such a great question. Um, I think I've come to terms with the fact this year that at this point going forward, I'm not going to own any more Arsenal players. At all? Yeah, well, just me personally. Because it okay. conflicts with my rooting interests. Like, it becomes a doubly worse day if Arsenal has a oh, poor I result. See. I see. And then that, in turn, helps my fantasy team have a poor result. Yeah. It just heaps coals on top of the already burning fire. So me personally, I'm not going to. I think it's still, man. That's weird, Dave. No, it's not, Brian. It's your your club. It is my club. I just say I'm not going to own him going forward this year. And the couple times I've owned a Bamiyang, I've cursed him. So I've just, I'm going to go away from owning him. Ride or die. I think he's probably. A gun or run. I, I think he's probably a decent own. Aguero coming in today as a sub muddies the waters. Huh. Because if if Aguero is back and a motivated city is is scoring three and four goals a game. But Jesus is in form. I know. Uh, that doesn't matter. My instinct for what it's worth was yes. to just make the sub for or swap directly to Aubameyang, but yeah, I mean I can't say I'm not tempted by City striker. But Correct. Dave, Dave, you were saying off mic. I'll tell you what I'll you tell you what you some, should do. You think there's some head case issues going on with the Arsenal locker room? No, I just think they need to get it sorted out. I, I, I think in 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 football and soccer and world football and soccer, not American football, I think locker room attitude and dressing room feel is so important. The atmosphere of the dressing room is so important. And when it's off, I it, it affects everything, and I think that the the Ramsey situation is he is he actually reports are he's 
doing a Juventus medical. But it, is that true? I don't know. I haven't seen a kit picture yet. And in my world, it's not official until I see a kit picture. Um, but he, he, it's a pre-sale agreement for the summer. So are we going to see a kit picture while he's still playing for Arsenal this season? Just holding it up, maybe. I mean, it's interesting, though, isn't it? That and or, and look, or, when Emery needed help in the second half. Looking at it longingly at a, at a sure. Juventus uh, team a, shop. Sure, yeah. But when, when, when Emery needed help in the second half against West Ham yeah. this past weekend, who did he go to? Brought him on. Look, he, you could one could easily argue he should be starting. Dave, do you... Oh, not, I mean, that's are what we in an Arsenal say. moment? Well, no. What, what Listen, are we no, we're trying to decide what we do say, with Harry Kane. Let's just say, first of you all... You sell Harry Kane. First of all, Dave, and you go, and you spend that money on Salah. Listen, really? You would sell yes. Harry Kane down low enough for yes. you to replace some of some midfielder that you have in your team. Sure, I'm looking at doing that right Salah. now. I'm, I would rather have this point Salah and Zaha as opposed to uh, Kane and Snodgrass, which is what. Like so, Snodgrass is one of my lowest. Well, okay, give, give us some other midfielder besides the obvious Robert Snodgrass. I don't know. I have Brooks. I'm not getting rid of Brooksy. It's just United target allegedly. The kid's a stud, man. Yeah. Whatever. Just because Liverpool's not in for him, you, you're like, eh. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be good enough for any other club. It has nothing to do with it. That's how his voice normally sounds when he's not Batman. Look, that, that, okay, that. <laughs> that's not Look, true. Dave, here's here's my issue with Jesus and Aguero. Was right. That Jesus has obviously not been the first choice. Well, Andy, and well, there was talk today even about never. his his form has not been great anyway. And what does he do? Plays himself into form today. Of course, but we've seen this before. Don't forget the past with Pepology. If Kuna, Sergio Cunaguero is healthy, he will be in the starting lineup. It is possible that Jesus might get a run in other competitions in or next to him. But if Sergio Aguero is healthy, he will be in that lineup. He is not subject to pepology. I just wonder because I mean his his most productive stretch last season was between December and February. Uh, Jesus's Aguero, Aguero, yeah. So he scored eleven of his twenty-one goals between December twenty-third and February tenth right. last season. Right. He didn't. I mean, he got injured, so he didn't make many appearances after February last season. But I just wonder. It's like the two sides of the, the you know the two sides of the coin here. Like he is the you know, the presumptive starter. There has never been one time since Jesus has joined the team when they were both healthy that Jesus was consistently chosen over him. It just makes me nervous because you know how Pep Pep has very been very clear this season about who is showing him. What's real? It was discussion today. It was on the on the NBC broadcast today. We've talked about it before. Pep has left people out of the lineup if he doesn't see what he wants to see from them in training. Right. That's right. And so it just makes me nervous because this the on the field product has been you know has been improved sure. is is doing really well right now and just trucking along again. So I just wonder what it's going to take. I mean, I you know. I, it just makes me nervous owning either of them, and if I guess if I had to choose, it would be Aguero. But yeah, I, it still would make me nervous. All right, so let me let me ask you. Let me make this a multiple choice question. All right, I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. We've had our conversation. Now let's let's put our money where their mouths are. So Brian, if you owned Harry Kane, would you sell him for a Aubameyang, b Aguero, or c other? I would sell him. To me, 
I am not nervous almost at all about buying Aubameyang. Okay. My, I would be more nervous, like I said last week. Did I say it last week? I would be more nervous about going through the end of the season without Aubameyang. I'm pretty sure you said that. But the, the, the Arsenal schedule is one of the things that makes me almost not nervous about them at all. Dave, Aubameyang, Aguero, or other? Well, because of my bias at this point and not choosing Arsenal players, I feel really good about picking Aguero. You do. Especially since he came in, on, came in as a sub today. Look, my team is outfitted enough, so even if Aguero didn't come in and start for one, like another week, I'm going to be fine. Like That's not going to bother me. But, yeah, if Aguero is healthy, then in my opinion, he's going to be playing. Do I like him? Do I think he'll really outscore Aubameyang? I don't know. that. Maybe the scores might be similar. I think Aubameyang has a history of staying healthier more. So I think you probably have safer money as, uh, along with what Brian has said. Even though Arsenal underperformed this past week, I don't think they're going to continue to underperform. I think January is almost half over. Yeah. So uh, things are going to start tweaking and turning a little bit. You know, They're not going to have any massive challenges quite yet in Europa. And so I think they can kind of focus on the league. I think Aubameyang is probably the way I would lean, although I don't think their scores are going to be too far apart. So you started with Aguero, but you ended with Aubameyang. For other people, for me, I would take Aguero. But okay. for other people who don't have a bias and aren't worried about their team, uh, <laughs> not their fantasy and real-life team performing yeah. at the same time, then I would pick uh, Aubameyang. Aubameyang is my answer, too. However, if I had to go to a second answer... I'd put Rashford above Aguero. Well, I own Rashford. Sure, sure. So, he, yes. In my mind, he's my other. Wow, man. Talk about getting the backing from club, manager, oh, yeah. kids starting around in the form. Lukaku can't hardly maybe get a sub in. It's it's fascinating to me how with a manager change, all of a sudden Romelu Lukaku can't seem to find he is the most interesting bench player in the league right well, now. Well, it's so bizarre, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think he's comfortable with this. If you have a player like Giroud who's somewhat comfortable with this, but he's been supplanted. He's been he's been supplanted as a as a starting striker. Do you remember last year, whenever it was, when Paul Pogba joined Manchester United? He was buds with Lukaku, and they were both excited about the chance of playing oh, together. Absolutely. What is the irony that now it's actually Rashford and Pogba who play better together yeah. than Lukaku and well, Pogba. Well, I don't know if it's that. It's just Rashford fits what Ole wants to do, what what Ali, what Ole, Ali, Ule. Gunnar Solskjaer wants to do. Have you forgotten everything Brian taught us of last course, week? I, I do this weekly. My gosh, man. Well, let's stick with United for just a minute and, and go through the game, 22, game week 22 dream team. And let's start at the back with the brick wall. We've already had on our podcast just a few minutes ago, David De Gea, Manchester United, 12 goalkeeper points. The most amazing performance, I think, of anyone this week was that guy. His 11 saves in the second half. Yeah. He, it looked like he had four legs, not just two. He had four legs, two arms. He was, he was a, like a, a llama with long legs. And, and two extra and legs, two extra, and two then two extra human arms. arms. Yes, it's just he was everywhere. It's wild. So, like as as I'm watching it, I, I, after the first couple of saves, I'm thinking, man, like this might be one of those days. And then he makes another. I'm like, oh boy, this is one of those days. If you've ever watched, uh, this is not a, not a hockey podcast, but I don't watch a ton of hockey, but I have been privy to a few amazing goaltender games it's where they literally 
or a flat wall. And in, you in hockey, a hot goalkeeper can win you a match. Easily. Or win easily. you a hockey game. Easily. This was one of those rare performances on the soccer pitch. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. Uh, he single-handedly allowed United to win this match over and Spurs. The other thing is this. Um, when, when the defense sees and or the other players in the team, they can kind of feel and see what's going on. Like, holy He's on his game today. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It allows them to start taking a little more risks and a little bit more liberties because they know that that guy's on his game today. Absolutely true. And so the question then becomes, is this what we're going to see moving forward? I mean, do you want to own David De Gea? Is he worth leaving Allison or Ederson for? Well, I don't know that, especially in their upcoming their upcoming schedule, which is against, a, uh, well, it's not garbage but it's uh it's not great i can't imagine that he's going to be able to make 14 saves against brighton burnley leicester fulham Crystal but united Palace are on a, a little tiny run of clean sheets now could that continue oh that, yes definitely that, that could because, easily continue well i think the big one is especially in the next well at least the next two playing home to brighton and home to burnley um you know who's interesting in that backfield is lindelof at a 4.8 Interesting, only to the extent that he can get a clean sheet, though. Uh, honestly, the the the, the position, well, sure. the that, position where I'm least interested in Manchester United is defender. I get it, but look, they've had two clean sheets in a row at, at Newcastle and Tottenham, seven and a six. Lindelof, he's a four eight. So you're not expecting many much offensive returns here. But I'm just saying, if you if you're a lover and owner who's a four nine, um, if you're a you know, and or if you were a Gomez owner and, and he's coming back soon, I I love Gomez when he gets. Back yes, healthy. you do. But I'm just saying, surprisingly, we haven't looked at that much, but Lindelof is cheap. And if David De Gea is going to start playing like this and or United will start playing better as a team, that could be interesting. I'm not willing to go there, but I did notice that. I haven't noticed that before. I mean, if, if there is a downside to it, I suppose, especially, you know, I think you just, again, uh, looking just at the the color coded uh, matchup raider when you see and then knowing that Brighton and Bur- uh, Burnley both suck the only downside is to it that Manchester United has conceded eight goals so far this season from set pieces Brighton and Burnley are both more than competent it's at, true. at set pieces so that's a, good, that's a good point I don't and that doesn't just go away with a new manager it I don't necessarily trust like that. Oh, because they're playing at home and they're playing these two teams. They're you know those two teams are still fighting. I mean that is not two sure. that is not two teams that have just thrown in the towel. Burnley might not be good, but uh, but they are they're still improving. They are still playing, and Tom Heaton is uh, is definitely helped. He's magic, and Brighton's still fighting. I mean Brighton's fighting. Um, yeah, Brighton scored eleven goals from set pieces. That's that's only only Spurs have the same amount. Liverpool is the only club with more. So that's where Brighton. I would not is. have expected that. That's interesting. Well, Liverpool is the only club that hasn't given up a goal from a header this season. I believe that. Well, but think about past seasons, recent seasons. You never would have seen that. One guy, man. It's all one guy. One guy. Let's go through the three defenders on our dream team. Uh, the highest scoring player of all players this past game week came against your uh, your gunners there, Dave, Declan Rice. He joins Kurt Zuma and Luca Dina from Everton as the three top scoring defenders in our dream team. Dave, we talked about we had to have. It had to have been in the 
in the Just You and Me podcast. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to go back and listen to it. Because he was in that enabler category, and Fabian Balbuena and, right. and Issa Diop and he are, was playing are advanced. both... Not one is hurt and the other doesn't do anything. Well, Andy's playing advanced, right? right. I think that was the whole point: that. is that he's playing as a he is playing as a defensive his shot, midfielder. His shot was excellent, but it was almost like man, it's I mean, almost one in a once in a lifetime. Save it for the moment, man. Save it for the Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I not rushing after that Declan Rice, but well, we all talked about Luke Dina, well, and here he is in our dream team. But he, so here, so here's the thing, right? You're right. Before we move on to Dina. I think Rice needs to be mentioned. He's a 4.4. You're not going to expect him to score. I'm not expecting much of anything. Exactly. Yeah. Except so, he will play. So he will play. He's playing in an advanced position. West Ham's schedule is decent. Look, he could get an assist. It's, I don't trust West Ham. No, it's still... Listen, we can talk about... I want to talk my trust. I, I, I I'm happy to, to talk about <laughs> West Ham whenever we get to... When we talk about Marco. But okay. I, I don't hate it. But there's, but I would rather have Juan Basaka. I would rather, and sure. if I needed the money, Fair I enough. would rather have the person with, that we've been saying forever, which is Jan Bednarik. Juan Basaka, he might be a gunner next year. I have Bednarik. I have both. Bednarik, right? That's from exactly, our wild card. Yeah, Juan well, Basaka and Bednarik. Juan Basaka showed this. That we should change the name of this podcast to Aaron Juan Basaka. This is his season. He's in my lineup this, every week. He's not on my bench. It's he's it's, he's in yeah, my lineup exactly. He there is no Juan Basaka strategy. You no, him. he does not need to be your sub. You can play him and fearless. You can play him fearlessly, and I am now right. That Norik so, is on my bench. Juan Basaka is in my lineup. You actually said that incorrectly. I, I learned this past weekend in a short little how to say session Brian and I had privately. It's Bednarik. It's true. Say it's not true. What? It's not Bednarik. It's not Bednarik. It is Bednarik. It's Bednarik. Well, yeah, yeah, if you're going to, yes, if you want to get as Polish as you can about it. Well, you're that's not, how you're they not say from it. Poland. I'm not, but that's how they would say it, Bednarik. That sounds pretty Italian, actually. He's, he's italicizing. That's, yeah. not a, that's not right. He's Italianizing the His name Polishness of it. A pizza pie. It's not the pizza pie, no. But it's Bednarik. <laughs> Let's get back to our dream team, shall we? Yeah. So, Dina. There's nothing else to say about Dina. We, we, it was. The the numbers on Dina are too good to ignore. So uh, the guy that the only person I can compare him to, the only person that's that is comparable for defensive players this season is Jose Holobos. Holobos, oh, no. I'm what I'm saying is that Hol, I know that Holobos. I know you did this last week too. I'm just saying, and you prove that Dina is better. He's a lunatic. And, yeah, he is, and he's and he's not. I don't think he's as good. No, but. But he is the only person with numbers that can even come close. And you're not owning Holobos. You're going to own Dina. Holobos, look. The, if you're do not, you own Holobos? I do not. Okay, good. I just think that Holobos, look, he, he's tied for the fifth most big chances created. Holobos is. Jose Holobos has hey, Brian. eight. Hey, Brian. Our big chances points are our stop, points. Stop. Stop doing that. <laughs> he has eight. It's, he has eight. Big chances created. So does Raheem Sterling and Andy Robertson. How many points does he get from those eight big chances, Brian? Where is he in defender scoring? Just tell me. Jose Holobos? Yes. Is he in the top 10? No. <laughs> is he in the top 20? Yes. Yes. He, is. he just cracks the top 20. He's tied with Chilwell and Michael Keane. Look, all I'm saying is he actually no, he's tied for oh yeah, tied for twentieth with Keen and Chilwell. He right. is he leads all defenders in real life assists. 
So he has six okay. assists for the season. I, like I, those came early in the season. I just don't think you're counting on. I I don't think you're. I was not counting on a clean sheet from Everton against Bournemouth this weekend. No, not at all. No. Uh, maybe slightly higher percentage chance once they said that Callum Wilson was out and that Ryan Fraser was a doubt. Like, if if that had you know if they had like left all of those guys out, then maybe. But I just don't think you're counting on Everton clean sheets, and you're definitely not counting on him. Uh, against a team like Bournemouth, Watford even less so. That's why I feel like they're really similar players. I would rather have uh, Dina, obviously, but I don't think Holobos is bad. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to make an if-then statement. I want you to tell me if the answer is yes or no. Like, do you agree with this statement or do you not? Okay. Callum Wilson is to Bournemouth what Wilfried Zaha is to Crystal Palace. Yes or no? We all know it's it's documented how important Wilfried Zaha is to Crystal Palace and their real-life options, and then obviously how well that translates for him to fantasy points. Is Callum Wilson just as valuable to Bournemouth? Without looking at the numbers, my feeling of that is yes, that yes, he is that important. In a different way, I would say no, because there are, uh, uh, Bournemouth has other options than Callum Wilson. Josh King. They could even do some stuff with Frazier. But when, and, when and Wilson's not in there, and I those know. guys are. Things seem to struggle a little bit. They did this past. I know it's one match, it's but they did this match. past week. But so, anyways, I think Bournemouth and Bournemouth's also tinkering about selling Wilson. Uh, so, I well, think, they're not. Everyone around them is thinking I, I, I think, I think Wilson is also on a career high in amount of a games played this season compared to like the last four. I think he's probably played more games this season than the last four combined. So I guess my point is this. I think Bournemouth has other options there, where I don't think Crystal Palace has any good options. There. And I, I, Therefore, I think Zaha is actually probably more important to his team. But I see what you're saying about production. I just, I just think Bournemouth honestly, has other options. Honestly, I think if I'm a Frazier owner, if I'm a King owner even, I want Wilson playing for my guy to play as well as he can. We saw this this past weekend. Didn't get much from Ryan Frazier this past weekend. Or Josh King, uh-huh. or any other player who's Brooks forward or midfield. Brooks, oh absolutely yeah, scored. Agreed. Uh, my feeling about Colin Wilson is that I hope he gets healthy and continues what he was doing because my my feeling is that uh, Colin Wilson will have a, a importance in the second half of the season. Well, later in our pod, we're going to go points per pound, looking at the top. Point scorers at each position. Wilson's probably up there. Wilson among he's the not the top of the seven highest scoring forwards. He is number one in points per pound yeah, at the forward position. Sure. Just a little teaser for what's to come later on I in like my pod. That. Five midfielders, and I'm assuming only one is fantasy relevant from our game week twenty two dream team. Mo Salah, Jeff Hendrick, Pedro, James Ward Prowse, Andre Sherla. Yeah, that's a tough one. Which uh, one? The last one. You want to you you want to support Sherla on some level. The on, no, the only thing you want no, to support Jeff Hendry. No, I would love to. I wish that Sherla. You're could not have. supporting him. I wish Fulham had not driven off a cliff. Sure. And that Andre Sherla needs to have a laser of a goal to get back into the. the it was a nice goal. Um, no, Jeff Hendrick is the hilarious one. I know that. I just um, was being you for a minute. Uh, the only one with, I mean, James Ward-Prowse on a penalty, which, you know, obviously doesn't. So that's interesting. Well, that, uh, it's only because Danny Ings is not there. Sure. But but has Ings played much for this Hassan Hoodle? 
He's been out injured. No, but Ings is our Ings is the guy. Ings is the number one penalty taker, and he is hurt. If he's in the field, right? If Ings is out there, Ings is taking the penalty. It was a a surprise to see JWP I, step up. My thought it. was that Shane Long would take it because they're all, everyone's always talking about how Shane Long and how long it's been since he's uh, scored a goal. Pun no intended. pun intended. None at all. No, just that I thought that he. Since he got and that he got the penalty, that he he drew the penalty, right? So I, but then he ended up scoring anyway. So good. Well, let's move on to the forwards. There's two in our dream team. Gabriel Jesus earlier today, as we record, uh, made the dream team, and then Shane Long is the other one. I'm not Shane owning, Long. I'm not owning either one. Keep keep things moving, Dave. I'm really surprised that I you know. wouldn't at least think about give Shane a Long. give a look at Shane Long for well, Mr. Cheap. If, if he starts again, I will th- consider that. I don't think he's going to start again. So, Dave, that means you have the floor. It's time for your Arsenal moment. Oh man, I I wait every week for that small moment when you have to stand up and release liquids from your body. Weird. This is actually the time when we let you talk about Arsenal or else you'll dominate our podcast otherwise. Well, here, Brian, is our Arsenal moment. Don't you have something to do? Do you have a a, a natural gas oven I could stick my head inside of while you do that? <laughs> sure. No, I don't. It's electric. I'll try to sit here then. We could pr- it'd probably get warm if we turned it on right now. All right. Dear Arsenal, hello, old friend. I would ask you how you have been doing. But watching from afar, I can easily tell. The answer to that question is not good. Life was so bright last time we wrote. Spurs were dusted. You were working on a wild non-loss streak. And I was making bets that now sound ridiculous. Although some probably thought they were ridiculous at the time I was making them. Have the wheels fallen off the bus? Unai seems to still, and I don't know how it's possible, but still not be able to get the proper starting lineup. It doesn't seem that hard. Is he really this daft? (laughs) I hope not. I hope what I'm sensing is incorrect. But if this continues to happen, it will I will begin to believe that Tomsk Womble might be managing the team. You want to know who that is, don't you, Brian? Well, kind of. I'm. I don't know. Is it an anagram for something? No, no. no. Oh, Tom, it's an Tom actual... Squamble is a is a uh, is athletic, a... but rather dim womble, named after uh, Tom Scrusha. Uh, the Wombles were a, a cartoon in in Britain. Oh, oh. That, that was painful. So you said I just showed up again, but whatever so this said, Tomsk thing so was said painful. Daft and Tom Squamble. Sure. And a nod to an entire nation. Sure. One suggestion, back to the moment. One suggestion I would make to you is that the dressing room needs to be tidied up. And I don't just mean the dirty laundry. Something in that dressing room doesn't give the players that loving feeling. And I don't think that they've had that since their mojo got snatched away a few match weeks ago. Get the business done with Ramsey and Ozil so you can continue to make this team into a title contender. I believe in you. Make it happen. 
Dave, why can't they get the team sheet right? What the heck, man? I don't know. How hard can it be? They finally get Lacazette 90 minutes, and it ends up meaning nothing. Because Torreira doesn't start. And I would also like to say, a match that does not have a lot going on in it, David. It's unbelievable. Uh the I, like so Ian Wright had talked about it this week. I don't know how much you care about what Ian Wright says or doesn't say. He's, he's, he has he's, plenty of He's he, a old pundit. Well, he has plenty of Arsenal opinion and one of the things that he has said repeatedly is where's the creativity? Yeah. Ozil's not playing. There is no uh no one's pulling the strings here. Seven total key passes for Arsenal in the match. Two of them were from Aaron Ramsey who played about 30 minutes. Right. So Lacazette gets 90 minutes, offense does nothing. Three total, two total shots on target, and one of them was from him. The other one was from Guendouzi, who might have had the best chances to score of anyone in the match. He did, actually. Was so that, to me, uh, somehow uh, Aubameyang finishes the match with two shots on target, or two shots from inside almost six yards, but zero shots on target. How do you do that? What I'm saying is, is this is this the the problem? How do they not figure this out? I have an answer to that. The, yeah, this <laughs> is a problem. It <laughs> is doubt, and and I think the formation, in my opinion, in my uneducated, non-professional playing opinion, the the formation in a in a three four three, having two wing backs on the field. Um, Kind of instant, and then you, if you have either one and or two defensive midfielders in the field, that limits your creativity now to the your three guys that you're playing advanced. And uh, he wants to play that formation, but for the the players he has, I'm not sure that playing three at the back is a great idea. I want to encourage you, Dave. Yeah, friend. Yes, Arsenal fan. Yes, I want to encourage you by turning your attention. To the top two clubs in the table right now. Right. Liverpool, under Jurgen Klopp, was not what it is right now through the first couple of seasons. It took several transfer windows for Klopp to get the guys that he wanted in the right places for him to be able to do everything he wanted to do, which we're finally starting to see this season. For Pep, because City has more money, it seems, he was able to do it after one season. But remember that first season, when he was in charge of City, they were not right. up to standards. That's right. It took a couple of years, that second year, for City to get where Pep wanted to be with the right players in the right places. That's true. Arsenal is very early. For all the grief I've given you about how Emery's not doing much more than Wenger did under right. <laughs> as, in, as, as uh, Arsenal manager, Emery is very early in this job. And if Arsenal will give him the backing, if they will give him the time, if they will give him the resources when the transfer window is open to get the right players into the right places, Arsenal could be good. Maybe. Unai Emery is a good manager. He has managed top clubs in other European countries. Just because he has done it doesn't mean, like, how can you not get the starting lineup proper? I mean, it just seems so easy. It is weird, but and I will say this. The other thing is this, and I appreciate that support, but uh, someone posted on Twitter the wage, Arsenal's wage bill, what they pay all their players, and I'm like, like, this isn't good enough. They have money. I've seen, 
I've seen where Arsenal finishes in the world, not just in the English Premier League, in the world. In uh, they're like in the top five of of money's incoming. Okay, so Arsenal makes a crap ton of money. Yes. And where they don't invest it is in their wage bill. Yeah. Obviously, one can question that. But but if you want to compete with Liverpool, where they've gotten, with City, with United, because they're coming, with Tottenham, because Tottenham started playing some of their players, when you look at... Pay. You started paying some of yeah. their players. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, they're paying Ozil 300000 per week. And yeah. Aubameyang's the second highest at one hundred and eighty. Yeah. Okay, so he, he arguably deserves it. He well, his statistics. But here's the thing: shown it. Emery's a half a season in. If he's decided Ramsey and Urzel are not a part of his plans, they need to go. Yeah, they I, need to go. And I'm okay with it. It's just it's tough to stomach as you're watching it. You need a creative player. Well, Dave, you've Dave, talked to Dave. You've talked about Rob Holding being on. Other people have mentioned that that there was a bit of a there was a downturn at the Rob Holding injury, and it's then weird. also it's true. look. For a second there, Ainsley Mait- Maitland-Niles put in some good performances, but is this an Ainsley Maitland-Niles uh, Hector Bellerin problem? Where is Hector Bellerin? Does it does it? Do you feel like it helps or hurts? Arsenal he hasn't played as well as he could under Emery this season. H- Hector, and also Hector Nacho Nacho Monreal, who has been helpful, uh, not being there and having being forced to play Kolasinac. What's making this easier and and Kolasinac. No, no, I wasn't going to bring that up, and oh. we need we need to move on. But Arsenal does have some younger players that I think we'll probably end up seeing and watching play some younger creative guys that might get some run, and that you know they'll probably throw out there. Letting if they continue on their form that they've been on, they're not going to make top four. That's not the way the way United's been playing, and I thought for most of the season. I mean, well, let's be honest, they went on what. 18 games unbeaten. And so, like, you're watching that, and you're like, oh, man, I, I think we, I think we can make top four. You know, we're not going to be challenged for any titles, but we can make top four. And, man, I'm, I'm skeptical now. So, Well, I will say this. As a Liverpool fan who watched Klopp's version of Liverpool play for multiple seasons without Virgil or Allison, be patient. Yeah. Be patient. Yeah. The Urzel replacement will come as long as the club is patient with their choice of manager. We need a Virgil. You know what you know what doesn't make me nervous about Arsenal? Tell me. Four of their next matches are at home. And those are against Chelsea, Cardiff, Southampton, and Bournemouth. And in between they play at Manchester City and then at Huddersfield. I'm not worried at all about any of those. Except Manchester City. Uh, you should get a minimum of 11 points from those matches. I hope so. All right, let's go a little further down the table, but let's stick with the same match. Let's talk about Marko Arnautovic. Everyone's making a lot of the fact that he gave a, two-way, a two-handed wave to the West Ham fans when he left the pitch. He's gone. In the club's win over Arsenal. He's a head case. I mean, okay, Brian, West Ham is your safety club. I got news. If Spurs... Are ever struggling? You've got West Ham to go to. We like know this. I like you. West Ham. You love Marco. I do on love West Marco. Ham. So but tell us is, what's going on. Well, so the the news that mattered was that Mikhail Antonio told Sky Sports on Sunday, everyone knows Marco wants to go. Yeah. So the BBC reporting that it, the club is uh, Shanghai SIPG. He's getting Shanghai. The Fighting Red Eagles. That's a saying, you know. And now it's an issue of whether the Hammers will do what Marco wants. So if he does leave, I mean, it took them how many matches to play into this kind of nicer form that they're in. 
uh, 1-0, the only uh, less likely scoreline I would have so guessed true. for the Arsenal match was 0-0. So 1-0 hammers might be the most unlikely yeah, score. Yeah, Rice scoring the goal. Who's the marker replacement? Right now on the squad, the, the only replacement they've got is Andy Carroll, and he's going to play a quarter of the matches. So... If Chicharito, who should be back, Mikel this week, I know he's he not. Listen, anywhere. I know Chicharito. I know Chicharito and Lucas Perez are not. I mean, I know they are not Marco. Right. But Andy Carroll, the fans got to see some Andy Carroll hustle. That's right. Against Arsenal, he got some cheers for his performance. Yeah. We know it's only a matter of time until those groin tendons snap again. But <laughs> he is not an incompetent player. Chicharito has shown that he has been able to do it. The guy that I'm looking at here is Felipe Anderson. So you think he might play a little well, more advanced? Or I know he's not. Listen, enhance. I know he's not. I, I'm looking at Felipe Anderson in the weeks that Marco Arnautovic missed and the weeks that Marco was there. Okay, there's not really a drop off in performance. I thought that Felipe Anderson's performances would have been up because mm. he had some of his he had some really good scores when Marco was out. Right. He had the same number of double-digit returns with Marco in the lineup and without Marco in the lineup, which makes me think it's just about Felipe Anderson being good. Right. So the guy here, too, Dave, Samir Nasri, who plays 70 minutes and play and gets an assist uh, the second he steps on the, the pitch, making even Arsenal fans say, I don't care what kind of terms he left on, we should have gotten that guy on a free. Even... Even Gunner Nation... That has to hurt. That really had to hurt. ...had to notice, like, pointed out, like, <sighs> even if we didn't love him and I mean, the way that took, he left... It took Xhaka giving a header to Nasri at his feet in the box for him to get the assist. Look, I I'm, would love to know more stats if only we could somehow figure out exactly what his stats all, were in the game. Pellegrini. What you're saying is you want Jaka to play for West Ham. Oh, yes. Pellegrini said when when Nazri, when he has more minutes and his feet are 100%, he'll make the difference as he always did in Arsenal and Manchester City. <laughs> Pellegrini, yeah. Yeah. obviously... Seven years ago. Well, I just think it's... Robert Snodgrass has not been playing poorly, I would say. And the fact that he was he, in immediately yeah. in his I place. I was surprised. As Pellegrini loves himself some Nazri. I'm Seven saying, years ago, I was still in my 20s. <laughs> I'm not saying that this is going to be like Marco's gone and they're going to find goals all over the place from whoever it is. They do have people who are capable of, of filling in the, the holes. So West Ham just seems weird to me. Yeah, they, they are weird. A weird club. Yeah, because how did they how did they win 1-0 against Arsenal? That's weird. That's the weirdest result. It is true. Well, if 1-0 was a weird result, let's go to a 0-0 result that ended up with the resignation slash uh, departure by mutual consent of a manager, as we just found out earlier today. Cardiff and Huddersfield, there was this bizarre, bizarre moment where a penalty was awarded to Huddersfield, and then Lee Mason, the referee, walks over to the assistant referee and then takes the penalty away. Yeah. That's something I haven't seen. Yeah, and well, you wouldn't because you only watch Liverpool matches, and that would never actually happen in a Liverpool match. <laughs> because Mo Salah gets the penalty every time. Yeah, exactly. You're well, exactly right. And, and it's always well-deserved. He's he's always... Because no one's going to take a penalty away from Liverpool. Listen, man, superstars get the calls. This is an NBA league. Uh, 
Save me the headaches. <laughs> Mo Salah has earned every penalty he's received. Surf, let's be clear. Surf flop a lot. Anyways, this is Cardiff and Huddersfield. Not in the box. Uh, if it wasn't for this call, would we be discussing this match at all? Yes, we would because David Wagner left the club today. Stepped down as, so as manager. So he's just jumping ship before they get relegated? I think Lee Mason broke David Wagner. Interesting. How well, do you award a penalty and then take it away? Here's it's brutal. Look, if you're David Wagner, you you had 21 matches last season in which you scored zero goals. How That's, many matches this season have they scored zero? Ten. Oh, man. So far. Same pace, they're, right? They're on pace to have one, <laughs> one less. I, I feel like in matches like you, I, you were, you, Scott, you talked about possession. The amount of possession had a that lot. Huddersfield have ha, in matches where they've had they've dominated possession. They've had matches where they sixty plus percent. Where they've had matches where they have dominated in terms of shots, just peppering opponents yeah. and come away with nothing. I think they've had the ultimate in bad luck. And if we, if any any listeners of our podcast throughout this season, you've heard us refer multiple times to the phrase regression to the mean. Huddersfield is due to have some of the best luck for the rest of the season. They've had some tough luck this season. Yeah, if they uh, if they can find anyone who can kick a ball into the net, I'm not expecting it to happen in the next four weeks <laughs> since they play City, Everton, Chelsea, and Arsenal in the next their next four matches. Yikes, I'd resign too. But, I mean, they do that twice. The rest of the season, where they play three of four against the top six, so uh, not great, but they do have a good run of matches between you know basically weeks twenty-seven and thirty-two or thirty-three, depending on how you view Leicester, Leicester City at home. We'll get to them next. Uh, no, they, I mean they they can. It just doesn't feel like they will. Yeah, I agree. It's just sad to see David Wagner go. He's part of that club. I feel like, I mean, obviously, it, my, my opinion of this changed when I realized that he chose to step down. And, and the, the comments by the club's chairman, if you haven't read them, go read them. It made me want to root for Huddersfield the rest of the season so that they could stay up in honor of David Wagner. Uh, it just seemed like it was it was breaking him, and he, he did the best thing for the club by stepping down. It's just sad to see. I'm a guy... I lean toward you stay with the club that brought you to the party. You know what I mean? Like, Wagner has gotten Huddersfield onto this miraculous rise to the Premier League. They stayed up somehow last year. I would have loved to seen him ride this out, go down with Huddersfield, and then continue on with the club into the future wherever it takes them. It's, it's just sad to see that he didn't feel like he could do that. Next, I want to talk about Leicester City. They lose at home to Southampton. Leicester, my gosh. What do we make of Leicester? I don't know. Stay away from them. Here's the deal. They want to be top four. Winning the title kind of ruined them. Beat, they beat Chelsea. And and they've come off big wins. Who is it? Chelsea, Chelsea and City. They beat Ch Chelsea. During the holidays. Chelsea and, they beat Chelsea and City. Back to back. Right. And yet after this and then match. And they're going to go lose to Southampton. Lakers. There's booze at the end of this match. Claude Puel's job is allegedly in danger. Yeah. What do we make? And, and there's some fantasy relevant players on Leicester. Yes. Jamie Vardy. Yeah. James Madison. Ricardo Pereira is probably the best defender to own. 
Yeah. Outside of Andy Robertson. Hardly anyone has been as important as uh, as either of those two. The guy, I mean, even in this match, James Madison was busy. He took six shots, eight key passes, 12 crosses. James Madison, unownable. What do we say? What do we say? Well, what do look, we think about Lester? As my, if you've listened, did you listen to Rebecca Lowe? I try did to you listen, listen to the to Lowe every word post. She says her her thing. No. She she defended Claude Puel on the grounds that, hey, it's Lester. Not to be disrespectful, but come on, you're doing pretty good, right? Uh, almost is like Lester's management is acting like Watford's management a little bit. Scott, right? Like her, I would agree with. Well, like, no, not the management. Like, like know who you are. This is the fans. This well, is not management. This is the fans. Lester fans are delusional because they thought that that one season wasn't going to be an anomaly. That was delusional. Yes, I agree. They're Lester City. Quite frankly, they're just as. I'm going to make a controversial statement. Maybe, maybe you'll agree with me. I think next season they're more likely to be relegated than they are to be top four. They're an eighth. They'll never be top four again. Yeah, but they're an ever. eighth. Ever. <laughs> well, there's another controversial statement. They just dropped out of seventh. Well, Watford seventh. That's what I mean. Ironically, this enough. is not. They're how? How is this is bad? Fair. They're I, not I just, bad. Eighth is not bad. No. It's if you're not challenging bad. for the Europa League places as Leicester City, you should be happy. Now I get like you're you know you're ten you know Manchester United surge put some ten you know ten points ten point gap between nine point gap between Watford and United but come on I mean I I I don't this I would have been really disappointed like I'm sure plenty of people were like if I had gone to say Jamie Vardy this week which seemed like a viable option yes what so, better matchup do you want at home to see against Southampton. Southampton at home so uh and they do nothing it's disappointing nothing. for sure. I get it. I don't get why the fans would be upset. Look, I just think that if you're in eighth place, just dropped out of seventh. You know, yeah, you had a down week, and so you dropped down to eighth place. But this is a top six league. The other fourteen clubs are playing for seventh place, hoping that gets you to Europa. This is a fantasy podcast, and I I do not want any players from Leicester City. All right, fair enough. You wouldn't even take Ricardo Pereira. I think you're wrong about Ricardo. I do think you're wrong about Ricardo Pereira. You could. Make a case for Pereira, fine. And in about 10 minutes, I'm going to tell you why. Fair enough. I'm going to, I'm going to administer a quiz, a three-question quiz to you oh, three gentlemen. I love quizzes. All right, so I've got three clubs, and I was surprised by the highest-scoring player at a certain position for these three clubs. I'm going to ask you guys if you know the answer to who the highest scoring player at this club's position is. Oh boy. All right, here we go. I'm going to start with an easy one. Who is the highest scoring forward on Manchester United? Rashford. I would assume now it has to be Marcus Rashford. Isn't it interesting that it's not Romelu Lukaku? I just I just want to continue to perpetuate that thought. It is not Romelu Lukaku. Thought, sure. All right, let's go to number 2. I made fun of this club and this position at the start of the season, but then I switched. Highest scoring defender on West Ham. I know this only because I've been looking at adding him. Balbuena. I was going to say, you guess first because I know the answer to this. Is that your guess? It's Declan Rice. 
It is Declan Rice now? Yeah. Largely because of the goal this past weekend. Okay. Yeah. But well, well Balboyan has been hurt. But, so. d- but Rice has been hanging around. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Our English listeners are hoping that he declares that, that he'll play for England on international duty. Well, what's the other option? Ireland. He's been oh. playing for Ireland. He's been playing for Ireland. But is he finally getting to that point where he has to he make has a decision? He has to choose, and it's a big thing Whoa, right now. What a sticky him. thing to do. Play for Ireland. I would, too. Play for Ireland. He'll actually play the for Ireland. Ireland. The, I've been to both countries, and I love it. England is awesome. But the Irish people, man, when I was in Dublin, they were fantastic. That's not That's not why you choose, by the way. I, I, get I mean, that's it. why right. you chose Third. to go to Ireland. Third and final question. I went to London. I'm going to ask Brian to answer this one first as well. Okay. Highest scoring midfielder on Arsenal. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I saved the worst, the hardest one for last. It is. Um, I, know, I know this, and it's sad. It's Lucas Torreira. No. It's Jaka. Great at Jaka. Yeah. I knew that. How many? Your least I, favorite midfielder. I feel like. I, I wish your le- least feel Your least favorite midfielder is your highest scorer. That is. The perfect example of Arsenal not playing their better midfielders enough in Ramsey and Ozil. That is pathetic. If Aaron Ramsey was playing normal midfielder minutes, I feel like there would hardly be a more Ownable uh, almost essential Agreed. player to Yeah, see, last season. I did some math this past weekend, gentlemen. Yeah, okay. I want to discuss that math. I want to discuss that math next. I took the top players at each position in overall points. Yeah. And I calculated their points per pound, which is not the most scientific version of points per pound possible. Long-time listeners of our pod know that if you want to calculate a player's actual value, you take the overall points and divide it by their price. That gives you the points per pound metric. Correct. Something that, something that loyal listeners of our podcast will will really be interested in starting next season. That's right. Because we've been discussing what we're already going to be doing for next season. Yeah. Points per pound is going to be something that we're going to heavily emphasize because it's ours. That's right. Anyway. We do own it. In the meantime, I took the current overall points divided by the current price of each player. Yeah. For the top scores at each position. And I thought the results were fascinating. So let's start with goalkeeper. Yeah. The top I, three scoring goalkeepers. I, I guarantee I, the, the top has got to be Etheridge. It absolutely is. Yeah. So the top scoring goalkeeper is Allison at 18. Uh, uh, he, his overall points calculated against his price, he scored 18.13 points per pound. Okay. Neil Etheridge, because of his price and all those penalty saves, is at 21.52 Fascinating. points per pound. Yeah, Etheridge has been a beast, man. There's nothing nothing you can say about that. On half of the weeks. That's correct, yeah. right? It's exactly correct. Allison is your consistent stud, and Etheridge is your 1, 2, 1, 2, 1, 15. Yep. 1, 2, 1, 2, 12. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so you got to find the... There, as we talk about points per pound, there's a balance, right? Because points are still points, but you also want to make sure that you're getting the maximum points for your pound wherever you can on the pitch. That's right. So there's a balance to be had. I think you're okay with Allison. This is if you've important. got Etheridge. This is important going into the wild card. You picked a good time to do this. Thank you. I, I do try to think through these things. I like it. All right. Looking at defense, the highest points per pound also happens to coincide with the highest scoring defender, that's Andy Robertson. 
So he's great on more than one level to own. Andy that, Robertson has been awesome. The second highest in terms of points per pound is the fifth overall point scorer, and that's Ricardo and that's Pereira. Pereira. Yeah. 18.11 as opposed to Aunt Robertson's 18.78. Is there a little bit of Etheridge in there? I guess it's, yeah, there's a 1179212.4. Yeah, no, he has been good. Up and down a Brian little bit. loves Pereira. And you're right, at a 5.3, that's not bad. Third highest is Trent Alexander Arnold, second with Liverpool at 17.88. That's good. And then you have two Chelsea defenders after that. David Louise has yeah. eked past Marcus Alonso. Huh. And Louise, Brian, he's I'm surprised he gave up. He had the assist last game. Oh, it was and, a beautiful pass. Yeah, and, but he's done that multiple times where he has no pressure put on him and he's able to look up the field from the defense and and catch runners. And he's been doing that really well. I wonder how many more. I wonder how many times they're going to have to train to close down Mark or David Luiz faster. Yeah, if you're a coach, right? I mean, how tough is that? Midfield is where everything gets messy. The fourth highest overall score is your highest points per pound, and that's Ryan Fraser, eighteen point one nine. It's it, he is a mile ahead of everybody. Technically, else. Sane. Is fourth overall. Frazier's fifth. But after today's I apologize. Yes. I didn't change. It, it changed order. today. Changed yep, today. That's right. So, so fifth gonna... highest fifth highest overall score. Yeah. Ryan Frazier is far and away your highest points per pound earner at eighteen point one nine. Second place is probably Felipe Anderson. Is not. It's at fifteen point eight seven, two and a half pounds lower. David Brooks. Roberto Pereira. Watford. Your guy. What? Your guy coming Great, crazy in hair coming guy? in and saving your charts. But yet another guy who's up and down it week yeah, to week. Oh man, he he's a he's a he's a two 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 one two eight two twelve nine two. But the tortoise beats the hair all the time. If you stick with Roberto Pereira, you're on your way. The third highest, Paul Pogba. And all that is recent. That's recent. That's recent points. Welcome back to fantasy Skyrocketing Rome. up yeah. the charts. Felipe Anderson is fourth. Yeah. And since you can own five midfielders, fifth place is Richarlison. Yeah, I can totally see that. He's he's been it's been a little bit slow for him of recent. Uh Richarlison's dud of a game against Bournemouth, not to not to drag the FPL Cup back into our podcast. <coughs> Richarlison's dud of a performance helped me stay alive this week. Brian, you had quite the quite the testy match, like a, a 60 to 58 win. You, I, you had to wait for bonus points to be awarded after the last match, right? My Yes, my FPL Cup match finished uh, 62 to 58, Woo! and it was and it and we were tied 58 58 at the end of the matches on Saturday. This is a record, by the way. We've never had, especially anyone related to this pod and or anyone we've known, make it this far in the FPL. Cup. I don't know this if I want to admit seven that publicly to eight weeks. No, I people think people are going to stop listening. I think to most us. people look at the FPL Cup like. You know, it's it's all luck. well. No, it is, it is because you never know who you're gonna get. It's so random. You never know who you're gonna get matched up against. And let's be honest, there's nothing worse than getting matched up against a dead team, meaning someone who set their lineup in the beginning of the year and just left it. Those can be the worst. I just want to point out that Hazard is the seventh highest in terms of points per pound. That's Salah. That's good. Salah's ninth highest. That's surprising. I'm surprised he made the top ten, but that's good. That's do you know bad. who? Uh, do you know who didn't make the top ten? Not even close. He's actually twelfth overall. 
Raheem Sterling. I was going to say, I wondered where Raheem wow. Sterling is considering all of that. 12th amongst midfielders, to be wow. clear. Wow, wow, wow. Moving to forward, I already told you the number one in terms of points per pound is Callum Wilson. Second, Raul Jimenez. Really? 15 points per pound. Roberto Firmino. Third overall in the top seven scorers at forward is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 11.75. It's a big drop-off. Really? Yep. Firmino, fourth. Kane, fifth. Lacazette, sixth. And then Aguero, a mile away in seventh. Yeah, he had, he's missed some games. Yeah. yeah. So there's your points per pound update among the overall top scorers. Nice. Wow. By the way, I did the math. Yes. If you take the top two goalkeepers, Allison and Etheridge, the top five defenders, the top five midfielders, and the top three defenders... I'm sorry, the top three forwards, excuse me. Uh, we said it's Wilson, Jimenez, and Aubameyang. You take the current value of all of those players, all 15, 99.7. You could own the top 15. Like, like the best value. Yep, you could own them. And for, I'll bet because the value has only gone up for those players, someone's probably owned them throughout the season, or at least at some point. Yeah, uh, I would say that. You can still own them now. The only question is, will they continue to be the best in terms of That's points for That's really interesting. Moving That's forward. good. 99.7. That's surprising. I'm surprised it's not more. All right, let's take a look at game week 23 in the Premier League. On Saturday, it'll begin with Wolves hosting Leicester. I wonder which Wolves and which Leicester clubs will show up. No kidding, right? Be interesting. Liverpool will host Crystal Palace, and United will host Brighton in the, uh, I guess it's the 3 o'clock across the pond, 10 o'clock a.m. for us here in the East Coast of the United States. Uh, interesting, you know, relegation six-pointer, Newcastle hosting Cardiff, Bournemouth and West Ham, Southampton and Everton, Watford and Burnley, and then the really interesting matches at the end of Saturday. Dave, I know you're interested in this one. Arsenal hosting Chelsea. Yes. If, if Arsenal need to get their crap together, man, they, if you're ever going to get your stuff together, get it together this week. Good gosh. And then Sunday could be terrible. You have two relegation clubs facing two top four clubs. Oh, boy. At least they're playing at home. Huddersfield hosting City, Fulham hosting Spurs. There, If there was a, a match that you would say, I wish Harry Kane would not get hurt before this match. <laughs> That's true. It is the Fulham match because there is nothing that would be better, I don't think, than, than Kane against and Fulham. And Son, you know, if you could uh, pick a match for Son to have gone to the Asia Cup prior to it, sure. it would be the one that comes after the Fulham match. Yeah, but he's going to miss. So and Kane's probably going to miss based on what you're saying. I can't imagine that Harry Kane. So will what do be you have? Anytime Erickson, Delhi, and Lucas up front. I was going to say that out of all of those guys that are left, one this Lucas is going to this is interesting. This is this is the time for Delhi and Christian Erickson to earn those earn those contracts. I agree. And this is also time for Lucas Mora and Eric Lamella to yes. show what they got. Good call. So, Lamella, that's, in, that's Lamella. an interesting call. Lamella. Really interesting yeah. call. I, I'm saying that as we have watched matches here where there was there was a while where Lucas Mora was down and Lamella was the one who was the guy to watch there for a minute. Lamella's a 6.1. Lamella's got to do it. And Lamella has had some moments. Is he capable hey, of playing by the full way, 90? Sissoko went that's down. That's a really good Sissoko question. Sissoko went down hurt too in the game. Right. Not that and Dembele is going to China. For, for, yes. for fantasy purposes, 
that's not a big deal. But for Spurs purposes, yeah. that's a big deal. Well, it could affect other guys. Yeah, this is this is back to them being severely tested. So you, you want to find another cheap midfielder, Brian? That's really cheap. Oliver Skip. Yep, might get some. Put, might put, get some run. Give me some Skip. He's probably going to be in there. All they got to do is find a way to convert Kyle Walker Peters. Uh, isn't that who it is? Who's the guy they yeah, stepped in for? Wasn't Kyle it Walker, Walker Peters? Peters yeah, it was Walker Peters. It came in for Trippier in that match, and it ended up with like the highest scoring defender score of the week that week. Sure, sure. They need to they need to find a way to move. Maybe him they need into to move move put bring Kyle Walker Peters in and move Trippier like into a different position on the field. All right. Other in that other match, the earlier match on Sunday, is there a chance? Is there even a remote possibility, Dave, of a caretaker manager bump for Huddersfield against City? Come on, man. <laughs> okay, I, just, I had to put it out there. Come I had on. to put it out there. I don't Come think there on, is man. either. City rolls. So captain your city players, right? Oh my who or yeah. Salah against Crystal Palace? Yeah, but who is Salah playing at Crystal Palace? No, it's at home. So it's at Anfield. Yes. Here's what. Here's what makes me nervous about that match with Manchester City. It's a perfect time for Riyad Mahrez to come in and give one of these guys a nice little rest. And or to Browna. Right. Like, and or Gundogan. I know they're not going to take any opponent. It, is they're going to say they're not taking anyone lightly. But I don't... This, that, may, that would make me nervous. Yeah. there's no As a fantasy owner. Oh my gosh! Yes, of Sterling, Sané, Sterling, Sané for sure. David Silva. Look, there's a lot of good options out there right now, and, and I I would lean on the side of the only thing that that you know, if you really want a city midfielder who's been playing every match, Bernardo Silva, Sané, Sterling do tend to make me a little nervous, even though Sterling has been playing pretty. I mean, he's been okay. I had an anti-City bias earlier in the season where I refused to own a City player after owning Sané to start the season, and mm, we all know how sure. that went for me. Yeah, sure. Typical of my season so far. I've owned all the right players at all the wrong times. I had Sterling for a while. Got rid of him as part of my wild card so I could get Salah. Unintentionally, I just realized I don't currently own a City player. That was not intentional this time. Yeah. But I feel okay about that decision. Yeah, well, and if I go to one, maybe it'll be Bernardo. There's enough people producing, so I, I absolutely I have no, true. No problem with that. So, who's your captain pick this uh, upcoming weekend, Dave? I don't know. I feel like my my team's going to take shape over the next couple uh, couple days. Um, I currently own Kane, and I currently own Hazard. Uh, Erickson, I probably won't own Kane by the weekend. And uh, who are you going to go to? Look, I do have a Rashford and Pogba, so I, I do have some other good options. They host Brighton. I'm not scared of Robertson and or Allison either. You vice-captained Robertson. I have before. Uh, I. It's interesting. I mean, I might, I might go uh, Paul Pogba. Hosting Brighton. Yeah. I also... I might own Salah by the, by the weekend. If I sell Kane, I'll probably bring in Salah. Okay. Because I'm um, a what forward will you go to? What forward will you go to? Zaha. So so I Okay. I, I, I Salah go, and Zaha. I'd have to keep it low. Sure. I have extra money other places, but I'm saving that for like if I were to wild card, I could bring in another striker. Fair enough. But like I'm a little nervy about even though I shouldn't be about a bombing. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I as a Kane owner, I also it was a it was locked on Harry Kane. Sure. Uh, uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, 
I was also considering uh I was considering Rashford uh Rashford at home against Brighton. Um I have way too many holes right now. Now that Kane is out, I have I have at least four spots on my on wild my card question mark. I probably am. Excellent. So uh that makes two of us on the pod now that just played the I, second half wild card. I, you've already done it, right? I've already done it. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I I'm throwing a hail mary on the season. I'm not in. Tr- <laughs> it's I, been listen, I'm not in trouble. It's just. Can it's, I just can I just interrupt you? I'm yeah. so sorry. No, no, you're. My fine. season's been so bad that I had a decent week this past week, and I moved up seven hundred thousand places in the overall ranking. Okay, that's how bad my season has been so far. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've owned all the right players at all the wrong times. I think if I'd left my week one lineup alone be and just quit, I'd be better off than I am right now. Anyway, yeah. Brian, back to you. You get your holes. Look, Tell us whole, about your holes. The whole. <laughs> Your holes. Your lineup holes. (laughs) Tell us about your holes, Brian. Point being, the club that I have now, sorry, the squad that I have now, the team that I have now, the players I own now, I am not sold on any of them uh, as my captain now that Kane is not. Do you have Pogba? I do have Pogba. Okay. You have an option. Manchester United is not a bad choice. Do you have Ericsson? I think I would probably stay away from Chelsea. What's weird about Chelsea and Arsenal is, Dave, as you will remember from the first meeting between these two, that that match should have been 6-5. Yes, Arsenal. (laughs) Right. Arsenal easily missed the, the more goals than they actually scored. That's correct. So factually correct. They're playing. Arsenal gets to, uh, gets a revenge. B they get it at home. Yeah. So I I don't know that I am necessarily like I think it's weird that people are selling Hazard and Aubameyang going into this yeah, match. Week. I think I it's feel like it's too. a weird. I feel like that's a weird thing because Hazard just got Hazard just his scores have not been bad. People, it's the three week. It's the three week rule. He went three three five in his last three matches, and all of a sudden, an assist is not enough for people to keep Hazard. They're making the decision probably to move. They're forgetting either to Sane or to Salah. They're forgetting the four weeks before the three three five. It was a fifteen two thirteen nine. It's yeah. interesting because if if it's your third midfielder, you're happy about a three three five. Yes, but because you're investing twelve eleven twelve pounds into Hazard, three three five doesn't feel like enough. You need double digits in there somewhere. Yes. So if I had a city, if I had if I had Raheem Sterling, I would probably captain Sterling or Sané. I don't know that I could put it on Aguero, but those are the guys that I. I'm in an interesting spot with on. my lineup. So I wild carded two match weeks ago, and I chose not to use my free transfer this past weekend. So I've got two to play with this weekend, and I want to go to Rashford, but I only have point four in my bank, and I'm gonna have to go up to Rashford for my second or third forward. So I'm going to have to go down a pound and a half somewhere else in my squad. And so naturally I'm looking at my midfield to do that because the only place I could do that in my defense is Andy Robertson, and I'm not getting rid of him. Yeah. And so you know I'm looking at that, and so I'm looking at five-pound options, and now I'm back to where we were talking a few weeks ago, Solly March. Yeah. You know, that type of player. Luca Milvoy, well, he's a little bit too much, actually. You need to dump Pereira. And add Brooks Pereira, the second highest points per pound in the midfield. Can you add? Can you go from uh, Brooks, uh, from Ings and Pereira? See, you're more pro Brooks. Brooks than I am. Why? I just don't trust that he's going to be putting in the. What room. are you expecting from your fifth midfielder? He's five zero. He's he's in midfielder he's five playing. One. He's five one now. Mm. He's five. He's one. still cheap. <laughs> he's five one. 
He's playing in advanced positions in a in a on a team that loves to score goals. And you're telling me you wouldn't want to go from a Pereira and Ings to a Rashford and Brooks? That seems like a no-brainer. If he's five works one, out. yeah, I'm three. I'm three tenths short. Oh, I hate that. If I want Rashford, I'm three tenths short. All right, let's move this thing along. I'm captaining Salah. Why? Why leave Salah? Of course, of course you do. Sure. All right, Dave. Basically, anywhere you want to find us on social media or Fancy anywhere soccer else. FC. Fantasy Soccer FC. Love it. Yep. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.